coming up on this next episode of Brothers Ballin'. We go NBA Eastern Conference preview. Talk about the Celtics. Talk about the contending teams in the East. And we make our week five picks. Brothers Ballin', coming at you. Hello, hello, everyone. Once again, it is Brothers Ballin' Podcast. Two brothers. We talk about sports. We talk about the NBA this week. We're talking about some NFL. We're going to make our picks uh, early of this episode. But before we get started, John, say what's up to the people. How's it going, people? Great episode for you today. Uh, Can't wait to jump into it. Excited. Let's do it. All right, let's get this done. You know who I am. I am Rob, and we are talking NBA Eastern Conference preview this week. But before we do that, we're actually going to, you know, kind of reverse the order of some things. We're going to talk some NFL, make our week five picks early in this episode. Uh, If you guys follow, we went 11 and five. We both went 11 and five. Did not pick the same games, but did go 11 and five last week. Uh, so we're going to go over our picks for week five. Like we said, it's a competition. So whoever wins, I guess, you know, we'll pick a, uh, member of our Facebook group and they will get a prize. So, so we got week five picks. John, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So I think obviously, you know, we had one game already done. Uh, I don't know what in the world is going on with this team, the Denver Broncos. This is this is yeah. this is about ridiculous now. Okay, you let a team go in there and they scored nine points. Like, uh, you know, they got the three, the uh, the field goal in overtime. Okay, you needed overtime to hit double digits, and you win a game. That should not happen in, in uh, today's NFL. Was you know, two quarterbacks who still have some juice in Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, I'm a little disappointed. I like Russell Wilson. I know people say he's corny. People don't like him. I think there's a lot of hate with uh, Russell Wilson. Um, I don't have a problem with Russell Wilson. You know, I don't need him to be flashing and, you know, uh, cursing people out. If he wants to be positive, let him be positive. I don't care if that's his personality. Let let him be positive. Uh, Don't don't call him. Don't call him – people go around calling him inauthentic, saying that he's not – that he is a poser. Um, yeah, do I don't you agree? agree? That. No, no, no. I don't agree with that, but I'm not going to lie. I need my quarterback to be an a-hole because my quarterback being soft, it's – listen, as a man, a father, as a man, I am the biggest fan of Russell. I like what he stands for. I like what he believes in. But when it comes to the game of football – this, you know, passive, my quarterback can't be passive. Okay. But do you, but do you think, do you think that he's passive or is it that he I wants to remain? I think he's passive. Okay. I, he needs to have a switch. He needs to have a switch where he needs, like, the one thing I appreciate about the, the Mahomes, the Allens and those guys is when their receiver makes a mistake, 
they go to them and say, yo, man, you missed that route. He's not that kind of guy. He's not that kind of guy that gets confrontational when something is wrong or he, or, or like, I need my quarterback to be like, if you expected your receiver to run an out route and he runs a curl route, you need to get in his face and let him know, yo, man, that wasn't the route. And like, you don't see him do that. Like you see him like being, Hey guys, come on. Like I need him to get like emotional, like get in the game. And I think he's trying to be, you know, he, 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 he's trying to, you know, not get angry with anybody on the sidelines. Like if a guy makes a mistake, tell him, yo, man, that was, that was wrong. Like you'll see Tom Brady go to receiver's face and be like, yo, that wasn't the route. Mahomes did it last week where there was a play where Juju, he was expecting Juju to keep going to skinny post and Juju had curled and he had missed him. And you saw Patrick was like, yo, like, what are you doing? He even did it to Kelsey. He expected Kelsey to be, when he threw the interception, he expected Kelsey to be somewhere and Kelsey ran the wrong route. He walked up to Kelsey, grabbed his jersey, was like, yo, what happened? Kelsey was like, yeah, man, my bad. I, I broke too early. And that's how to, and, and, and some of that. You need your, you need your quarterback, the leader of the team to be that guy to address things. And I think the frustration, like you saw on the, I'm not mad at what the coach did in the game because I, I had picked the Broncos and you picked the Broncos as well. I did. Yeah. So already we're starting off the, the week with an L, right? Thank you, Russell. <laughs> and the thing is, I just felt the Broncos, it was a home game. And, and to me, I picked the Broncos because I felt Russell was due a breakout game. And I felt that this was an opportunity for a breakout game. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, as an NFL fan, I love the NFL. I think the NFL should just do away with Thursday games. Yeah, think, the quality, like keep yeah, the Thanksgiving. The yeah, keep the Thanksgiving yeah. ones. That's that's tradition. I'm cool with that. But the rest of the uh, of these games, it is uh, this year. Thursday night games have been a disaster for the NFL. Even the good matchups. Early on, early on, yes, been and a that, disaster. I, I think that's a three prong attack, or yeah. even more prongs. It's like the fact that. There's not a lot of hitting, you know, in practice. Guys are not in midseason form this early right, in the season. Right. Guys are not playing during the actual uh, preseason. And then if you think about it, there is never going to be an end to Thursday night game because what does the NFL want more than anything? What did you bring? You're trying to recoup that money that they lost. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not even recouping money. It's creating new revenue streams to continue the war, you know, to continue growing the war chest. So Amazon, you know, this year has all the Thursday night games and, you know, they want good matchups because this is their first year exclusively doing, you know, Thursday night. It, I'm, I'm assuming it's helped Amazon Prime in terms of their, right. uh, you know, you know, growth in terms of membership. But think about it. You know, this is what is, uh, you know, the new thing, new revenue streams. Uh, well, we're going to talk about the NBA, but they have they want to do some kind of in-season tournament. Mm-hmm. Like it's about revenue streams. And so that's what Thursday night football is. And, you know, I would agree that Thursday night is too close, but you can't play Friday night because that's like typically the high school football um, day. You know, when it comes to football is, you know, high school football is on Friday, Saturday's right. obviously college football and Sunday, mm-hmm. Sunday. 
So Thursday was the only day that they can squeeze in, but some of these games are tough to watch. Right. Tough and to I watch. think, and I think also you had two teams who had struggling offenses. And if you have a struggling offense and only essentially three days to prepare for the next game, it's not going to look good, but right. yeah. Um, so we both picked the Broncos. We both were wrong. Next game we got is Eagles and the Cardinals. Who do you have for the Eagles and the Cardinals? Um, I have I have the Eagles winning a a close one. This could oh. be a potential upset, but I have the Eagles winning close. I got them winning by eight. I got Eagles uh, winning by eight. All right, Giants Packers. I am a Giants fan, but I'm not delusional. I got the Packers by ten. Yeah, for me, it's the injuries for the Giants. I got the Packers winning by seven. Steelers I'm still not Bill. sold on their offense yet. No, they, they still have to get things going. Steelers, Bills, I got the Bills by a couple of touchdowns. Oh, I got the Bills by 20. Okay. This is going to be a blowout game. It's a blowout. Chargers and the Browns, I have the Chargers eking that one out. Uh, tough game. I know you do. I'm Listen, he's going to have a great game, uh, but I believe, and I'm talking about um, Herbert, but uh, the Browns are going to win. Okay, you got the Browns. Yeah, their running game is is, is going to eat this one out. Browns win. Lions and the Patriots are like I used. I like to call them the Pat Riots. Yeah. I think I think Belichick's going to take this one. He's he's going to be the main reason why the Patriots eke out a low scoring. I know De- uh, Detroit's offense has been humming uh, this season, but I think it's going to be a low scoring affair. That's the only way the Patriots can win. And I think they do win uh, a close game against the Lions. Mm, well, we don't match on that. I got the Lions beating them. All right. Bears and Vikings. I know you were pretty disappointed when you picked your Bears by 10. I told yeah. you um, when I when I saw that, I thought you were a little delusional. I proved it proved to be correct. The, the, you know, you were delusional thinking the Bears would win, beat the Giants by 10. They barely scored 10 points. Okay. They only scored ten points. Don't worry. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not worried at all because my, my team's going to get an L this week. But Bears Vikings, I had the Vikings by about ten. What do you? What are you looking I got, at? I got the Vikings by three. I'm okay. I, I'm a little concerned about our quarterback. He hasn't oh, played. A little concerned. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just a little concerned. Well, a little concerned. Okay. Yeah. All right. All I don't right. get the panic mode until after four. Okay. If, if he loses the next two games, it's panic time. Okay. All right. So I have the uh, Jets. No, sorry. The Saints and the Seahawks. That's an interesting game. Probably mm-hmm. was not an interesting game when the season started, but the Seahawks playing a little better than people expected. Saints, not so much. What do you think happens when they meet? I think the Saints will rebound. I got the Saints by 25. I got the Saints I by three. I think, I think this is going to be a close game. I really do. I don't like the Saints offense. I don't think they can score enough. And we'll, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Jets, Dolphins, Tua is not playing. Tyreek Hill potentially may be out as well. What do you think happens when the Jets and the, and the Dolphins clash? Listen, the Jets defense is playing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the Jets winning. Okay. I have I the, the Dolphins Jets winning, winning by three. I have the Jets winning I, by three. I have the Dolphins by three. Bucks and the Falcons. What do you think will take place with Tom Brady and the Bucks? Oh, I think the, the Bucks. The Bucks will beat the the Falcons. I got Bucks by eight. Okay, and I just have some a little memo to the NFL. The NFL knows that in Florida, they you know September is hurricane season. Stop scheduling these home games for Miami and Tampa during September. They should be playing on, on the road. 
I think if mm-hmm. you play, you play, you probably play your first game at home. Those next couple games need to, need to be on the road. I don't Agreed. understand why they always playing home games in Miami. Didn't have to have you know move games around. So yeah. uh, I agree, the Bucks are going to beat the Falcons. Titans and Commanders. Uh, I have the Titans winning this one by uh, multiple scores. How about you? I got the Commanders winning. Okay, that's interesting because I think Commanders are in the toilet. No, uh, Commanders winning this game. The Jags and the Texans. I think the Jags are a interesting team to look at. They've been playing really quality football. Should be three and one. Are currently two and two. Texans have not won a game this season. I think that will continue. I got the Jags by uh, fourteen. I got the Jags by seven. Okay. Niners, Panthers. What do you think? Oh God, come on! <laughs> of all the games on the schedule, this, for me, this is my most sure game. Forty oh, Niners. Right? No, no, Forty Niners. Forty Niners at least by ten. Okay, yeah, I had the Forty Niners winning, but I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, Cowboys and the Rams. What do you think will take place when these two teams uh, match up on Sunday? I'm concerned about the Rams, um, but I got the Rams eking this, uh, squeaking this one out. Yeah, I think I, I, think I got them close. by two. I got them by two. Yeah, one score game. I like the Rams as well. Bengals and the Ravens. I like uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to win this mm. one. What do you think takes place? Mm, I don't. Um, I think I think the Cincinnati's starting to get in this stride. They still got to work in that offensive line a little bit. Got to gel a little bit better. But I got the Bengals going to the Ravens and beating them by three. Okay. Lastly, we have the Raiders. We have the Chiefs. John, what is your selection for this AFC West clash? For this particular game, I am picking the Chiefs by four. I just think the Chiefs have too many weapons. And their defense, even though it's not great, I think will do a good job. Um, I expect this game to be uh, high scoring. I expect both quarterbacks to play well, but at the end of the day, it's Mahomes. It's, you know, it's it, it's Mahomes' house. I got them winning by four in a shootout. Okay. I think it's going to be okay. a shootout. Okay. I like the Chiefs as well. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think the Chiefs will just shoot them down, the no, Raiders. I think um, it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game in the Oh, 30s. wow. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. I see I see the the Chiefs hitting thirties. I don't know if I see um, no. the Raiders doing that as well. I do. I feel they do because here's the thing: I don't believe in any of the in the secondary help of the Chiefs. Like like they got decent guys back there, but I think those guys can be had. And okay. I just think that this is going to be a breakout game offensively for the Raiders' offense. I just don't think they can score enough points to beat the the, the, the Chiefs because you got to understand that. The Chiefs can outscore anybody, right? Yes. And so, yes. and so, like I feel that the Chiefs themselves uh, and how they're constructed, Mahomes is going to score points because the Raiders' defense is, is it's not playing as good as it did towards the tail end of last year, um, but I think they'll get in stride at some point, hopefully soon. Mm-hmm. The offense hasn't been playing that great, even though last week. They started to gel in the second half. Um, the Raiders' offense did, so I expect the Raiders' offense to to click because Jacobs is back. You know, they got Devontae, they got Waller. Um, uh, I don't believe Renfro will be back. I think he'll still be out. Yeah, um, I think he's still out. 
Yeah, I think he's still out. But still, they got some guys behind who could who could do that possession stuff pretty um, pretty well. So I think that so so, so I'm looking at at a 38-34 kind of game. Yeah, I don't think it would be that close. But and the NFL uh, and, and and I can tell you the NFL is desperate for a like like removing the Seattle Lions game that was 48-45. Mm-hmm. Um, n- nobody was watching that game. I think the NFL wants a game, you know, to like score because like some of these games have been, you know, like struggles. Yeah, some of yeah, some uh, of those games have, have been hard to watch. So yeah, um, so still kind of getting acclimated. You know, it's almost like an extended preseason these first four weeks in yeah. the uh, NFL. All right, so those are our picks. Uh, we have them up on the Facebook group, and of course, you can follow. Uh, the Facebook group and see, you know, how we fare with those picks. I think right now let's take a quick break and then we will be back with our NBA Eastern conference preview. NBA. We'll be right back. All right. And we are back talking the NBA this week. We're talking Eastern Conference next week. We're going to hit on the Western Conference. But, you know, this is an exciting time of the uh, season. Before we start, though, okay, almost like went too fast. Before we start, we have to, even though this is not an Eastern Conference topic, we got to talk about Draymond. Mm. We got to touch on Draymond Green, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, If you guys haven't seen it, Draymond Green just hauled off and punched Jordan Poole in the face during practice. Okay. Me personally, I'm not going to say a whole lot about it because we'll probably reserve some of this for the Western Conference preview. But I think that was a chump move by Draymond Green. You're a six, seven, six, eight, however tall he is, you know, 260 or 250. And you sucker punch a guy who is six three, like 180. I don't know what is going on. You know, if you look at the tape, he walks over to Jordan, gets in his face. Jordan, you know, get out my face. And without anything else being said, just, you know, walls off and just punches him dead in the face. Of course, somebody the size of uh, Draymond, he is going to punch him and he's going to probably fall if you put force behind it. And I just, I just hate the fact that one, it was publicized. Somebody in the Golden State organization is going to get fired. Um, but it's just crazy that um, you haul off and just punch him in the face. I just don't understand. I don't understand why you would, you know, you would do that. I just don't get it. I, I'm very disappointed in Draymond. I know there's a lot of pressure you know, coming on the Warriors this season as defending champions. Pressure on Draymond and his contract track situation but that's absolutely you know inexcusable for him to do that a hundred percent i agree um to me you know draymond has had a lot of other incidents you know on the you know throughout his career he's had other incidents you know punching you know kicking lebron to the groin you know dirty dirty fouls you know stuff like that but i think he he has a personal issue with Poole because I think Poole is trying to be the third Splash Brother or like the third the third brother with Clay. You, you think so? You think that he's trying I to do. 
because they do, do. Diff- they do different things. Right, they do yeah. different things. But the thing is, I think because you gotta understand, Draymond Curry and Clay came together, and they were the core unit. And Golden State built around those guys, right? and they still are. They still are the core unit. Like that's and not they still changing. are. But the thing is, the Warriors, you know, in a steal, get Kaminga, who I believe Kaminga is is the heir apparent replacement for Draymond Green. They luck up and end up with Jordan Poole. And when you look at no, the future. Well, hold on. Before you say that, they didn't luck up. Like, a lot of yeah. people had the opportunity to draft him. Yes. You know, they selected Jordan Poole and they helped develop him into right. one of the better young, you know, shooters in this league. Right. And so the thing is, organizational-wise, you know that Steph Curry is on, a t- is, is, is on the clock. You know, how many more years is, is he going to play? at this level that he's playing at and how many more years he's going to be on the team. Because I believe Golden State has a space reserved for Curry even after he retires for what he's done for the organization itself, okay? They have a soft heart for Clay because Clay, what Clay endured for two and a half years mm-hmm. would end most players' careers, right? And I yeah. think, And I think they have something in, in reserve for Clay as well. I don't know if they have that same thing for Draymond, even though Draymond is there and they love Draymond. I don't think they have the same for Draymond. And I believe now with the success of Pool, and with the organization looking at these guys are getting older, we need to start having people in place to take over once these guys' skills totally diminish. And I think Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole, Kaminga, Moody, those three guys, and then Wiseman, those those group, those four guys are the future of the Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, there's been a lot of chatter. And, you know, Jordan Poole had a good, had a very good season, right? He had a good season. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he filled in for Clay. Um, he filled in for Curry when Curry was out with injuries. He filled in for Clay when Clay was recovering. And so the Warriors are like, this is our this is our guy. Like we drafted him. This is our guy. Right. And so mm-hmm. I just feel with all that and and the one thing about Draymond is he's not afraid to speak his mind. And he's made some comments talking about loyalty. And stuff like that, especially on his podcast. He listens to his podcast, talks about that a little bit in terms of about loyalty and stuff like that. And I think he's seeing that he wants to be he wants to get a max contract. I don't Which think is, the Warriors, in my opinion, is ridiculous. Right. I don't think the Warriors want to want to give him a max contract. And so I feel that after this season, there's gonna be a to me, I thought that there was gonna be a change after this season anyway. But I just think that. Whatever was said, um, and the thing is, Steph Curry in an interview, Curry even said what Jordan Poole said didn't warrant what happened, right? Because yeah. to me, I'm like, to get someone to punch you, either you said something about their kid or their wife, like, you know, like, you know, going back to the 90s when, when Tupac said to Biggie, he, he, he effed his wife. Like, I thought it was something like, towards that level, which got Draymond riled up. But according to, to Steph, 
when he was asked about what happened, he said, the captain said, what was said didn't warrant that, right? And yeah. so I just think that there was, you know, he, you know, and here's the thing, folks yap at each other. We, we know that folks yap at each other. Draymond, who's, a, who's very aggressive, walks towards him. He bumps him, right? He chest bumps him. Jordan Poole pushes him away. And then Draymond comes with the clock. And I can't unsee it because the guy gets punched. His head hits the wall and he falls to the floor. And then they show you, they show you like later on. It's not funny, but they show you later on that he's still playing. And I'm like, the guy was concussed. Like, why is he, he was, still practicing? He, he was not concussed. He was concussed. His no, he head hit the wall. He was concussed. He was not concussed. Where's the protocol? Was he taken into the booth to be checked? Because he, he looked like his soul was knocked out of knocked out of knocked out, out of him. But then the again, fact that you I, are set, that you are just egging this on, it's a chump move. A guy his right. size should not be attacking someone the size of Jordan Poole unprovoked. Like that's ridiculous to me. I, I agree. I agree. But the one the last thing I want to say about this is is those two teammates can't look at each other the same. No, and, the, and, that relationship and, and, is fractured. And honestly, the reason why is because the video was public. I think yep. if the video stayed private, you know, they could probably get past it. But because now it's public and everyone has made memes on it already. Like, like we got memes like lined up for Jordan Poole. Like folks were saying um, that that Jordan Poole, like his, like his girlfriend, you know, is going to look at him differently. Because that was made public. His well, mom and dad going to look at him differently. <laughs> I don't know how you look. Like, what is he going to like? I think people should look at Draymond differently. Well, not, you know, if you look at him a certain way. No. What, no, no, no. Listen, there are certain rules as a teammate you can't, or certain lines you can't cross. You can, it would be better if you guys wrestled and tussled. But you threw a clean punch unprovoked. Mm-hmm. In the, listen, in the street. You know, nowadays, guys don't even fight anymore. They just get a, you know, get a firearm and try to handle it that way. But it's ridiculous how you would think that you can just walk off, walk up and punch your teammate. It's one thing right. to punch an opponent, but punch a teammate that you got to see every day. You have really jacked up the chemistry of the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. Okay. I agree. You know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, disappointed. I do want to say uh, one last thing, and then we can close and move on. Is this season all I, the cameras will be on the body language of Jordan Poole and Draymond Green because it was made public? Uh, what is it? Jake Paul offered Draymond Green ten million dollars to come fight him um, in a in a celebrity match. Like like this is gonna when he retires, probably. Yeah, but here's the thing: even if even if you know, um, I, I was listening to, to, to some of the sports reporters um, who were talking about it. Um, Chris Broussard said that the, the Warriors, because they went public, should just suspend them right now for two weeks, right? Suspend them for suspend, two yeah. weeks. Suspend them for two weeks. That the optics would show you took this seriously. He suspended for two weeks. He would miss, based on that time frame, he would miss the first two games of the NBA season. If you did it like today, right? Mm-hmm. Suspending it for two weeks, which means that he won't play in the preseason and then he'll miss the first two games of the season. That shows 
he was like, op, you know, the optic wise, it shows that you took it seriously and you're punishing him for two weeks. But but some people said that don't be surprised they don't do anything because they, well, they said that they handled the, it internally. That's a report and, that um, he has. Right. The report is that they have suspended that they will not suspend Dr- uh, Draymond Green for the punch. Right. And so the thing so. is, and so the thing is. And and uh, Chris Broussard said this. No, no. Uh, Nick, Nick Wright said this is if you're handling it internally and you say you handle it internally and now the video is public, you can't really go back and say, oh, because the video is public now, we got to suspend you for two weeks. So and whatever listen, they decided making it public right. just does does change things. So, yeah. So you say that. That's all I'm gonna say about it. You know. All right, we'll talk about that a little bit more next week. Prayers but up for we're pool. talking. Prayers the, up for pool. No, there's no prayers up. Um, okay, so we're talking Eastern Conference. So first question on the Eastern Conference is: Which team do you think is going to have the best record in the East at the end of the regular season? I'm gonna go first I, on this one. Sure. I like the depth of the Sixers, even though you know. Listen, I am a New York sports fan, so. Anything Phillies, you know, I have to root against. But I like, you know, the uh, Sixers because I think everybody else is going to deal with their fair share of injuries, including the Sixers. I think their depth is, is going to help them out. I think they will, may have the best record in the NBA. Don't think they'll be the best team. No, sorry, best record in the East. I don't think they'll be the best team. I don't think they'll be the best team in the East. I can see them winning in terms of having the most wins this season in the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't think they're the best team. I think they will be the team that has the most wins, and they'll be the one seed when the uh, playoffs start uh, this season. Mm. For me, it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. You know, they're going to be without they're going to be without Chris Middleton for the first couple of weeks. I don't care. Okay. It's the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks, they drafted well. They have, in my opinion, the best player in the NBA. And yep. and, 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 and his name is Giannis. They got oh, Drew. I thought, you, I thought you were going to say Chris Middleton. but uh. Oh, no. No, they got Giannis. They got Drew. Um, they got, uh, listen, Serge Ibaka, I think, is due to come back and help off the bench. They got Bobby Portis. Um, they have Lopez. They got They got guys. And, and their guys are battle-tested, and they got some additional pieces. You got Wesley Matthews. Um, even though Wesley Matthews and Lopez are older because they're, you know, Their bench plus. is old. Ingles, who probably yeah. won't be available to like, November, December right. maybe, is old. They, right. I think but their Ingles benches can, are older. Right, but the thing is, at the end of the day, it's all about experience. And these guys know how to pace themselves, and I think they are going to – the East is a lot tougher this year, no question. Yeah, uh, but but I believe that the Bucks at the end of the day, because of one thing, I think they have better chemistry than all the other teams in the East. And so, and so for me, chemistry means something when your core has played for so long and you've just added some pieces around. I think chemistry wise, they have the best chemistry, and so that's why I feel that they at the end of the day, when the smoke is all gone the Bucks will be the number one seed I I think also if you look at um, Milwaukee 
chemistry is a big thing. Everybody else is is having to make huge adjustments um, to their team. Right. So I think that was, you know, one of the biggest things that other teams are going to have to kind of learn to play with each other. Right. Other If Milwaukee doesn't start the season off well, uh, they can be like a like a three or four seed. Okay. Because as the season goes on, those teams that are building chemistry, I think, will only get stronger um, as yeah. the season goes on. Milwaukee needs to start the season. Right, off, and I think um, they strong. will. And I think they will because they have Giannis. Okay. All right. Um, even though Giannis, I think, needs to rest because he's been playing basketball all summer. Now, um, the Celtics. He ain't that young mm-hmm. anymore. Um, the, Cel- the Celtics. Yes, but he's probably 29 in, like, real years. With all the basketball that he plays. He played a very tough um, playoffs and then go and played all summer. I can see that wearing. Okay. Mm. Um, I like Giannis. He's one of my favorite players to watch because he's full steam ahead. But uh, he's going to need some rest, and they're going to have to kind of limit his minutes early on. So uh, next question, will the Celtics, who have been in the news with the Ime Udoka uh, situation, um, do you think the Celtics are, are going to struggle Without their coach. And they will. And to what extent do you think they're going to struggle? I think that, you know, they play in the best division in all of basketball. I know we don't even think about divisions anymore in terms of, um, you know, the importance. Like, we don't even look at divisions or even care who won the division. But the Atlantic division in the NBA is the best division of basketball, you know, in the entire league. To have the Nets, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Sixers, and even the Knicks, you can, um, you know, you have a pretty solid uh, division. They're very, very, uh, very, very competitive. But the Celtics, I think, one, I don't think, I don't see them winning the uh, division. And I see some growing pains early on in the season. How they navigate that with a new coach is going to be essential. Because I think one thing that happens when you lose a coach is that you lose the norm when it comes to rotations, you lose the norm when it comes to the intensity, uh, kind of the things that players kind of take for granted. I think uh, on a, on a regular basis, you lose those, you know, key, uh, you know, I guess nor- normalcies that um, you know teams get used to and kind of count on n- night in night out. It was Udoka's, you know, persistent you know, pushing and coaching that got them to where they needed to go. Remember, this team was at 500 in December, okay? They were not playing well, and they turned it on and were literally the best team in the NBA all the way um, to the finals before the Warriors stopped them. So that persistence, that pushing, that prodding, I think is going to be missed because it's going to be, I think, very difficult, and I am curious – to see how their season starts. I think them in Milwaukee, I'm curious to see how that season starts um, and if things can kind of get out of hand a little bit with a new coach, with players that um, I don't know how they feel, you know, when it comes to the Ime Doka situation. Not well. I don't think you feel good about the situation. I don't think, I don't think they think it's fair. So you think the players are upset with the way it was handled by the team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, trust me. Okay. I, I got feeling that they that that they are. Um, okay. Because and, and it, this was something Stephen A. Smith said. This stuff happens all the time, but it's kept mm-hmm. very quiet, right? Yeah. Yeah. And 
And the thing is, the Celtics made it public. It wasn't like someone broke the story. The Celtics themselves made it public. Mm-hmm. And I think some players on the team are upset about that because that could have been handled internally. Um, and, you know, it could have been said, you know, uh, Ime is suspended for a couple of weeks or whatever. You couldn't suspend you know, him. You'd have to you'd have to fire him. You'd have you you would have well, to have fired him. Based on who the person is, which which they won't say, but uh, I think it's assumed it's, it's the wife of some high ranking executive. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that will that will come out when it comes out, whenever it will. I I got a feeling it's going to come out. Yeah. Um, but um, with that being said. To me, what Ime did is the players could respect him because he played the game, right? He's a former player. He played this game, mm-hmm. and he was able to relate to them and get the best out of each player, right? And and I think that's what propelled their run. This new, co- you know, the interim coach is being thrown into this. I believe that they're going to struggle. I'm more worried about them the first four weeks of the season that I am with the Bucks. The Bucks have played without Middleton before because they have a very good chemistry. I think they can get around that. I believe the coaching style of Ime Yudoka, with what he was able to get out of each player is going to take full effect the beginning of the season. They're going to struggle out the gate because remember, they're adding Brogdon to the mix, right? Yeah. And so Phil, with if if Ime was the coach, he can he can acclimate um, Brogdon into this mix. I got I wouldn't be surprised if you know Smart and Brogdon get into it, you know, at some point in this season, right? Because you know Smart has a lot of pride, um, and but I just the, feel that they're gonna struggle out the gate. They'll get it together, but I believe that they're gonna struggle out the gate. Well, I'll say this. Uh, they're going to be, I think the biggest loss is going to be Robert Williams not being there for the first month or a couple months due to another um, knee surgery. I just think that if you look at their starting lineup, you know, you got, uh, I mean, I guess Robert Williams out, you'll start Tatum at the four, Brown at the three, Smart at the, at the two, and Brogdon at the one, or if they want to do, um, Smart and Brown, and then White, Tatum, and Horford, you know, while Robert Williams is out. I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how things kind of, uh, how things go, you know, to start the season. You know, the Gallinari's out, you know, for the right. season. Um, you know, there really isn't, I mean, you look at the roster, there's not a lot of ways to go after you go through those first couple of guys. Right. I mean, Grant Williams is to me is a is a bench player. Robert Williams will not be available. Derek White is likely. I mean, he may start. I don't know if he's off the I don't bench. Think that means that Bro- I think they'll they'll play. Brogdon will bench. start. You know, you got right. Brogdon. I think they'll start Brogdon and Smart. Brogdon and Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Horford. You a lot of switchability. Uh, it's good, but after that, what happens? All I have coming off the bench really is uh, Derek White. I got Derek White coming off the bench. And William and uh, and I mean Grant Williams is okay. Right. He's a six six power four. Right. Okay. But he's but he's uh, 
he's become a three and D guy. So yeah, he yeah he did he definitely did well with those uh, corner threes. Yeah. So, so you, you got Grant Williams, and then you got White off your bench. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. I mean, they have they signed Blake Griffin. <laughs> they got Blake. You know, Blake will get some minutes. They'll get him some minutes, and Blake is going to be great in October and November. Just wait till yeah. December comes. This is problematic. Yeah. All right. All right. So we, I think we both agree the Celtics are going to have some issues. I think early mm-hmm. on. What do you think? Who do you think? Which team is going to be the biggest surprise in the Eastern Conference this season? Well, and that's and that's and this is a tough question because right. I can see any one of you know the way things break. I can see six teams potentially winning, like and having or getting the one seed. You know, I picked right. Philly, but I can see if things break right for Brooklyn that they could get the one. If things break right for Boston, uh, Milwaukee, um, you know, if Cleveland hits on all cylinders. You know, I can see that taking place. So, right. but but the thing is, this question threw me off, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because it's like, what is gonna be the big surprise? Because there's been a lot of teams who who haven't been good who are now good now. Like we like we've seen their progression improve year over year. Who? And so, like, there's been some teams like that you've seen improvement, like the Hawks, like. This question for me was the Hawks. Like okay. I feel that the Hawks, that the Hawks are going to be a lot better than what people project them. Like, like I've been looking at people ha- having them between six through eight, and I'm like, Mm-mm. I think because they're young, they got guys that can play defense, they got guys that can put the ball in the hoop. They're going to be in the top. For me, they're going to be in the in the top half. Um. Of this, of this thing, top this four, conference. Atlanta. I got them. I got them. I got them in the top five. I got them in the top five. Wow, I do. I got them Whew. in the top five. This is this is going to be a very interesting season because there's so many good teams, right? You know, but, but I, I just think, think the, the biggest surprise. Here's the reason why I say that. Again, it, it comes down to chemistry, right? The the core unit, the guys they've drafted who who have come into a system where they're making the playoffs. Um, like to me, the chemistry, they have good chemistry. They added Murray. Um, I think uh, Hunter is going to make uh, a big jump because I think he's a great defender. I think he's going to make a, a, a big step. You already have Trey. You have your franchise. You got Collins. You got Hunter. You added Murray. You got Capella. Um, yes, you miss uh, Hooter because um, uh, he Herder. To, yeah, Herder went to yeah, Sacramento. Herder. Yeah, he went to Sacramento. But they got guys. They got guys, and the guys are long. So they can cover, and, and to me, they can cover a lot of space. So I, so I expect them to be better defensively. I expect them because they can get scoring from – they can go 10 deep. Right, I don't think McMillan mm-hmm. will go ten deep. I think I, I think he'll start the season nine deep, and then towards the end get deeper to give guys rest um, for the playoff run. But the thing is, their team is deep. They got a lot of talent on that roster, and I and and, and I think with that level of talent, um, and Nate McMillan and these guys have been together a couple of years. They've tasted playoffs. They've tasted 
you know, some success. They've tasted runs. As I forget, two years ago, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Mm-hmm. So, so they have, so they have tasted. So, so the core has tasted that success, right? And so I feel that they're going to be, listen, the East is going to be fun to watch. And, and you, you know, a couple of years ago, we were like, yeah, you know, there's really only four or five teams and everybody else is hit or miss. Mm-hmm. You now have a solid eight, nine teams, almost 10 teams. If, if you're really looking at it, who can end up in the playoff mix mm-hmm. um, in the East and the same thing in the West, right? That has yeah. not been the case where you're like, oh man, like I can see this team making the playoffs, right? Yeah. If you were to go one through 10 on both, if, 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 and that's what I did is I made my list up to 10. Because yeah, they have 10. the yep. because because they have to play in, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you could you could make an argument that each of these teams could actually be in the playoffs. Yeah, but we I mean, know for a fact that it's only going to be eight of them, really, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, you got to think about it. Even with that being said, there's going to be only six teams that are clear into the playoffs without having to participate in the playoffs. Right. So right. who are going to be those six? Because that's what you really want is to not have to, you know, do a play-in in order to get to the playoffs. So right. I think right. I think the biggest biggest surprise for me, um, I think I think potentially is, is going to be Cleveland. But I also think the biggest surprise may be potentially that the Boston Celtics may not finish as high as, as we think they are. They may finish outside the top four. I think okay, they may well, be starting, they may be starting the um, that's not playoffs. a surprise for me though. That's not a surprise for me. Okay, we didn't we didn't say who's a big surprise for John. Okay, <laughs> biggest surprise is that the defending Eastern Conference champions may not even be a top four seed in, in the Eastern Conference. I think that would be a surprise. Uh, next question: This is a make mm-hmm. or break year. Please finish this sentence. This is a make or break year for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh wow! That is my yes. So here's the thing: if and, and 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 I believe this. If the Nets don't make the finals um, this year, or make the Eastern Conference Finals this year, this team's gonna get broken up. This team will get broken up. Nash may not be the, the, he, he may not be the coach next year. Yeah, Nash um, may. I think gonna, they may need to. I think that may be the first move if they want to yeah. run it back to run it back with a different coach. Yeah. But the thing is, I think that they will break this up. Um, I think organizational wise, it's just the. You said something earlier about the, you know, the team lacks leadership, which is evident, right? But mm-hmm. I just think organizationally, having to deal with this nonsense every single day. Yeah, I've been dealing with it now for three. This is what year three, mm-hmm. or year four of this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's, it's technically year four, but it's technically year four. Three. Yeah, but three years of them being an actual competitive uh, team because Durant didn't play right. that first year. Right. And so to consistently have to deal with this over and over again, I think the team's going to be like, you know what? We just start clean. You know, we got Durant locked up, you know, and we just got to move on, right? We got to take the helm and say, look, you're not the leader. You know, you, you just want to hoop, then just hoop. We'll go, we'll go get a leader. And we're going to get and we're just going to start clean. And so I think this year is a make or break. And 
they're going to be in the spotlight. They, they may not be in the spotlight early because there's so many other stories, I think, that are at the top right now. Mm-hmm. But I believe as the season progresses, if they come out struggling early in the gate, it's going to start bubbling. It's going to start bubbling. It's going to start bubbling. And so right now, they're in a decent pl- – I think that they're in a good place because that's not the feature story that everyone wants to talk about. Everyone's, everyone's talking about what's going on with the Warriors and Draymond and Poole and there's some other stories about, you know, that are going on in the league. So for me, this is a make-or-break year for the Nets. Yeah, I mean, I I have to agree with you because, you know, as a Nets fan, it seems like a lot of things are going to have to be, a lot of decisions are going to have to be made at the end of this particular season. You have Ben Simmons uh, on the contract. You have KD on the contract. Kyrie is a free agent. And, you know, they have to make a decision on whether or not they're going to commit to Kyrie or whether or not they're going to allow him to test the market and see what's available for him as a free agent. Uh you have a number of guys, Markeith Morris that you brought in, TJ Warren that you brought in. This is all kind of focused on a title run that you want to make. And I just think that I don't. I never thought Steve Nash was the right guy for the job. And, you know, maybe some of my feelings on how things have gone, that initial bias has, you know, have a, affected that. You know, the fact that I did not agree with him being the head coach. I just think that as intelligent as he is, there should be just more innovation with their offense. And it seems a lot of kind of just standing, watching KD and Kyrie do their thing and then hoping everybody else gets their, the crumbs that fall off the table. Uh, I'm just really curious to see how things, how they weather through a storm. Cause I feel that they are going to be, it's going to be rocky to start the season. Mm-hmm. They already start, they start the year against the Pelicans, which are, you know, a team that we'll talk about mm. next week. Uh, as a very, that's a very, uh, that's a very young athletic team mm. that is hungry. They got a taste of the playoffs last year. So mm. they're going to, you know, want to build off of that, you know, coming into this season and just, and, you know, they're going to want to get that going from day one. So Zion's back. He wants to show everybody that he's and that he guy. Looks, he, he's in shape. He's in shape. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, he looks great. So it's going to be extremely interesting to see what happens for Brooklyn early on because there's so many questions. Will KD get traded at the end of the season? Will he be a malcontent again? Will Kyrie, you know, realize it's about the team more so than about himself? He's not a victim. He constantly plays this narrative of him being victimized and how he's been, mm-hmm. you know ostracized it's like you did it to yourself and i think he needs to come to that realization you know as ben can ben simmons get to where he was before he's not a superstar Mm. i never i never thought ben simmons was a superstar but he's an extremely talented player who if he's your third best option you should be a good team right if he's your third option you should be a good team you should be a championship contender (laughs) absolutely if ben simmons is your third option he's the third option in brooklyn I want to see them play well. I want to see Ben Simmons get to where he was before. His defense, his passing, I think, are huge assets to Brooklyn. But I agree. This is a make-or-break year for the Brooklyn Nets because without uh, a, a, a good start, I worry that things can spiral, just like they spiraled last year. It's just going to be about patience and leadership. And, you know, I hope the Brooklyn Nets – are able to, you know, come together as a squad and, you know, reach, reach your goals. Um, 
I mean, the second question, the, the, the last question, pretty much, which contending team has the most questions? I think that's all, probably also Brooklyn. Yeah, um, I, the, I got them uh, um, as well. And and let me just give a little bit uh, uh, about why I had them there as, as most questions. We got to, as fans of the game, we got to see, and, and, and the question that, that we're asking ourselves is, can Ben Simmons score? Can he put points on the board? He's because going. Listen, he's going to get. I'll I'll say this, okay? Ben Simmons opportunities. Yeah, of course, because of all the attention that KD and Kyrie get. Uh, ben Simmons will probably average sixteen points a game. Uh, like that's probably the tops of what I see from him. Can he? I hope so. Maybe maybe fourteen. <laughs> can I get Can I get fourteen points a night from Ben Simmons? He should be able to. With I would hope so. Like 14, 15 points a night. You know, he's 6'10. He's, you know, he's good around the basket, can't shoot outside the paint. That's problematic. Right. Um, so you know, if he developed like a baseline jump shot, like uh, you know, Kavan Looney is, is able to hit that little baseline jump shot. So All right. And there's things you gotta work. And plus, if he was a like a decent free throw shooter, you know, if he like I don't need him to be 80, 85 percent. Can I get 65 to 70% instead of in the 50s? Right. You know, like he can easily average 15 to 16 points if he's able to hit 65% of his free throws and, you know, get uh, off a switch, rim runs to the basket, you know. Um, but, yeah, they have questions. But I also think Philly has questions too. Um, you know, I did say they would, they would win the most games uh, in the Eastern Conference this season. But is James Harden James Harden, or has he no. lost a step? I think you know. I think can I think he's lost can a him, step. Can can Embiid stay healthy? Okay, these are questions that um, the Sixers have to answer as well. So, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this kind of plays out. But uh, what are your thoughts on the finish? You know how the. Um, Eastern Conference is going to finish. So here's what we'll do, okay? I'm going to give you my first four, then you'll give me your first four, and then we'll okay. kind of work it from there. So we're going to go one to ten, right? Well, let's do first five. Just make it Okay, fine. Easier. Fine, yeah, to yeah. kind of split it. That, 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 that makes more um, sense. So we'll go our um, first five. So I'm going to go first, okay? I'm going to give go you ahead. the five teams that I feel, in terms of how they'll finish, not who I think is the best, okay? So as one, as you know, I said Philly. I think Philadelphia is going to be the, the number one seed. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be the number two seed. I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be the three seed. I have the Miami Heat coming in at the four. And I have the Celtics as the five seed. Those are my teams. Okay. So I got I got Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, uh, Miami, and then Boston. Okay. For me, a little different. I have the Bucks being number one, mm -hmm. the Heat being number two, okay, the Sixers being number three, mm -hmm. the Nets being number four, mm -hmm. and the Hawks being number five. Mm. The Hawks at number five. Mm -hmm. mm. That is a that that's interesting. Because that, you know, leaves the Celtics out of it, out of the top five. Mm -hmm. So that is a very interesting uh, setup. So 
All right. So number six, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. I have I have I have the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, as number six as the uh, six seed. I have the Hawks coming in as a seventh seed. I have the Toronto Raptors coming in as the eighth seed. You you are you are you following with, with me now? Okay. Yeah, I got I, so I follow with you. <laughs> I got the Raptors coming in at eight. I got the Bulls coming in as the ninth seed. And then as this was a tough one. The 10th seed, like I like, I'm happy Jalen Brunson came to New York. Um, I think that he's you know <laughs> an, asset, an asset. But I mean, I'll give the Knicks the 10th seed as the um so again. Six, I got Cleveland. Seven, Atlanta. Eight, uh, Toronto. Nine, Chicago. And then ten, I got the um, uh, New, York, New York Knicks. Coming okay, in. So, we, we do, so, they get so yeah. I have in the sixth spot, I have the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Seventh, I have the, the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Eighth, I have the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Nine, I have the Raptors. Mm-hmm. And ten, I have the Knicks. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So that leaves the Wizards out, the Magic yep. out, the Pacers yep. out, yep. the Pistons. Out. I mean, these are teams that I think are not even trying to compete. And I think Charlotte, especially with the loss of uh, Miles Bridges, not you know not being on the team and them really adding no one. I don't right. see them making the playoffs. They didn't make but, the playoffs. Right. But I think that they're – I think Charlotte is looking at this uh, new kid from France who – They're going to tank. Oh, yeah. One by Yama. Listen, though. Listen. You have LaMelo. Imagine pairing LaMelo with that kid. But how many losses do you have to have? Because there aren't – Charlotte – if they're going to tank, they're not as far along in, in, in their tank job as right, Indiana. Because right. Indiana is going to try to get rid of Buddy Yield and um, Miles. Oh, Trey. yeah. Okay. They're, they're looking to move those guys by the trade deadline. Those guys those guys should already know their bags are pre-packed mm-hmm. by the trade deadline. They will, they will trade for assets. Yeah. I Orlando. Think they will, yeah, Orlando's they will dump for assets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Orlando's but the thing is, Orlando – right, but the thing is, Orlando, though – Talking about Orlando, they've drafted so much talent already in the last couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you drafted Anthony, you drafted now. Um, Bancaro. Bancaro, who technically Bancaro would be playing the, the spot, or do you want to play this kid at center? He's he's thin. He needs to know. eat. Yeah. And so the thing is, I think that teams are going to want to play him at the – <laughs> he might be taller than the actual center on the team, right? Oh, yeah, he's tall. I think he's taller than about ninety nine percent of the league. He's seven right. four. I think teams are going to want to play him at the four because of how he how his body moves. He is like I watched. I didn't watch the first game. I watched the second game, and I'm like, this kid at that size. I've never seen a kid move like that. Yeah, seven four. He's ridiculous. Absolutely four, ridiculous. He Jays can hit threes. Like he is. Like I think in the block, he'll get killed by Jokic and uh 
and um and B. Like he will get sacrificed. See, but that's the thing. Who is really who is really in the block, you know, anymore? You just named right, three guys. The, You'd be hard pressed to name five guys who operate in the post. That's not really the move. Right now, right. bigs are facing up, hitting mid range, yeah, hitting three pointers. And, and big and, and bigs are hitting 15 foot jump shots. We get it. We get exactly. That. But the thing is, but the thing is, down the stretch of a game, when he needs you in the block, right? Embiid and Jokic can operate the offense from the block. And um, I, I think Aiton can do a good job at the block as well. So I do agree with you. During the course of a game, a lot of the guys don't operate in the block. But down the stretch, when the game is nip and tuck, and those they're guys running, are in the block. They're running, they're running pick guys, and roll. Yeah. But the thing down, is, down the stretch, they're running pick and roll. Those guys, but the thing is, those guys can dominate from the block. Like yeah, but listen. Offense, creating offense. Here's the thing. The one thing that we forget to talk about is Embiid and Jokic's passing ability from the block. Mm-hmm. Like finding but the guy I, who can hit the shot mm-hmm. if need be, right? And so, yeah, like it's going to be – like listen, if you thought this week's picking the rankings was tough, next week is going to be even tougher with what we have to pick in terms of standings and things like that. But like, listen, like this is going to be – Every year is you can argue and say it's an exciting year for the NBA. Mm-hmm. I think this year is going to be more exciting because I don't believe we're going to have a team in the league winning sixty games for a change. It's, yeah, it's going to be a lot of parity. Yeah, I think there's going to be some parity. I I think the best team might win fifty eight games or fifty seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened before, and I believe it was. 20 2009 or 2007 there was a year where the number one seed in the west and the east had won 57 games yeah i think um, you know parity is not a bad thing you know for the nba right. yeah i think it's good it's it's definitely good because because there's more competition means that there's more people that want to fill the seats mm-hmm. because it's all about filling it's all about when you watch a game the seats are filled and if you got a great matchup every single night seats will be filled so yeah that's the thing so i'm excited about this nba i'm excited about the nfl um i'm just excited like i tell people all the time fall is my favorite season because that's Mm -hmm. where the sports that i love the most are in heavy rotation yeah for for me to watch i mean listen this is going to be an exciting season i think that we have a lot to look forward to there's going to be a lot of questions that need to be answered in you know October November, and then another set of questions that will need to be answered in January and February because it's going to be extremely important that certain teams get on a roll early, and I think injuries will play a part into it because everybody's going to be so closely you know competitive. So there could be you know if, if a team loses one of their key players for a three week stretch, you know you can go from the number one seed to the number you know six or seven seed because things are going to be so tight. So we'll see how you know that plays out. And we also want to see what you guys think. So hit us up. You know, we're on Facebook. Uh, like we said, Brothers Ballin' Sports on Facebook. Instagram at Brothers Ballin' Podcast is Ballin', Ballin' without the G. And then Gmail, bloodbrothersballin' at gmail.com. We gave you the picks. Do not forget to set your fantasy lineups because you can lose a game if you don't pay attention. 
Be a good brother. Be a good sister. Take care. Peace.